Hello, everyone. I'm Michael Morgan, host of the 2023 Alzheimer's World Summit. And it's my great privilege today to have with me Jan Winhal, uh, MSW, FOT, who's an author, teacher, and psychotherapist in Toronto, Canada. She's the author of Treating Trauma and Addiction with Felt Sense Polyvagal Theory. And she's an adjunct lecturer at the Department of Social Work, University of Toronto, and co-director of the Borden Street Clinic, a psychotherapy and teaching center. Uh, Jan's the coordinator with the International Focusing Institute and director of Focusing on Borden, a psychotherapy and training center. And she presents uh, internationally on trauma and addiction. So Jan, welcome. Welcome to the summit. Thank you. I wondered if you could give our listeners a little overview of just how you got interested in this field and what was the journey that finally led you to Stephen Porges and the and the polyvagal theory, which a lot of people are very interested about these days. Yeah, sure. Well, I started my career uh, over 40 years ago now, um, finishing up in grad school, and I got a job working with... Um, in a hospital setting with a group of young women who were survivors of incest. And so this was an incredible experience uh, to be kind of thrown into in the early days. And it was really, um, it was an amazing time to be sharing with and witnessing the journey that these young women were on. And what I, what I, what really confused me was that they were engaged in all of these behaviors that were um, really self-harming, but also in some way, they describe them as helping them. Mm. And I got real curious about that because the surroundings that I was in, the, the psychiatric community was describing them, you know, diagnosing them as having borderline personality disorder and being really uh, difficult to work with and nobody wanted to work with them. And here I was, this <laughs> young person just... Yeah being my way, you know, with these actually what what became uh, wonderful young women that I got to know, and I still have contact with some of them over the years. So I went on a journey to try to figure it out. And I could see that what was happening in their bodies was so powerful. I mean, if we were taught, and we're still taught so much to, to listen to the words, you know, mm-hmm. when I when I witnessed what was going on for them in their bodies, I could see all kinds of information. And I ended up um, being part of the, the women's movement, the feminist movement back then. And a lot of feminist therapists were talking about somatic work, working in the body with people. So I found, first of all, I found Eugene Gendlin's work in focusing and the felt sense. And that really helped me to start to open up the door of understanding that change happens in the body. Mm-hmm. And that's really what has stayed with me and endured over all of the decades of my work. And you went through somewhat of a progression. Mm-hmm. You finally discovered Stephen Porges, right? That a lot of us in the cranial community are familiar with now. Like, what was the next piece of the puzzle that you started to put together? Well, so I started with the trauma world, the feminist world, and all of the work that was happening there with Judith Herman and Bessel van der Kolk. 
and Jandlin's work with folk focusing and felt sense. And then I discovered Dan Siegel's work, Interpersonal Neurobiology. Mm -hmm. So that really helped me. I love his work and it really helped me to bring in some of the pieces around neurobiology that were new for me and that I had been previously kind of um, intimidated by, as I think lots of us as therapists are. But it, the way that Siegel frames it and speaks about it is so um, engaging and fascinating. So that I really got into that and beautiful work with Bonnie Badenoch, who works, you know, very deeply somatically with interpersonal neurobiology. And then I found Steve Porges in 2012. I went to a conference where I think maybe Dan Siegel was there too that I heard. And then it was when I heard Steve Porges uh, talk about the nervous system that I began to realize that what we talked about back then in terms of numbing and flooding in the body. Mm -hmm. And we knew instinctively, and Judith Herman talked about this in Trauma and Recovery, that self-harming behaviors also create these jolts in the body and in the nervous system mm -hmm. and they shift us from this numbing state you know into a flooding or flooding into numbing so when i heard steve talk about polyvagal theory that's when you know it's like the penny drops and you go mm -hmm. uh, flooding is the sympathetic branch of the nervous system the flight fight branch mm -hmm. and numbing is what steve porges gave us as naming the dorsal branch of the vagus nerve he he's the his contribution one of them was to say to everybody wait a minute there's another pathway in the nervous system and he called this the dorsal branch and this is the place of dissociation and shutting down and numbing so that resonated with with us as trauma therapists big time because mm -hmm. we could see it in our clients and lots of us were trauma trauma people anyway that's how we got into it mm -hmm. so we knew about dissociation but now we had this really um sophisticated way of understanding it that was both psychological and neurophysiological so that was, that's been a real, it's a, it's a revolution really in understanding the nervous system, right? And this is really excellent the way you've broken it down. Um, can you say a little bit more then, what is polyphagal theory? Specifically, how does it work? You mentioned there's ventral, there's dorsal, maybe you can say a little bit more about that. Yeah, so the, 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 the polyphagal theory is about the autonomic nervous system, and that's the this beautiful um, part of the body that basically watches out for us to keep us safe. Right. Monitors our safety. And it, it goes through this pathway of the vagus nerve, which uh, runs right down the center of our body and up into the brainstem. And that uh, way in which we detect uh, safety and danger, Steve Porges calls this system in the body neuroception. And so neuroception is uh, unconscious, right? For example, if, if uh, you and I hear a big noise in the room, we're going to jump, mm -hmm. mobilize. We're going to go into flight fight, the sympathetic mm -hmm. branch of the nervous system to, to get away or to deal with it, to fight or to, or to get away, to flight. And we don't think about that. It just happens, right? 
It's part of body wisdom. Yeah. And so he talks about this as, as this um, process of neuroception. And he's really helped us to then understand that, okay, and traditionally there were two pathways in the autonomic nervous system, the way it's been taught. There was the sympathetic branch. I'm sure you know this as cranial sacral. Mm -hmm. Sympathetic branch of flight fight. And then what he what's called the ventral branch, which lies in the body above the diaphragm and up through into the face and the ear. And the ventral branch, when we're engaged in the ventral branch, the body feels safe. And Steve did a lot of work around social engagement. When we're engaged in this part of the nervous system, we feel connected to each other. This is part of how it's developed over time in terms of evolution, that we are social creatures and we crave that. We're designed for social connection and social mm -hmm. engagement, he calls it. Um, but when we're not safe enough, when we're detecting cues that are threatening, then the body shifts into first sympathetic to try to get us to either fight or flight. And if that doesn't work, then this is where another part of polyvagal theory where Steve said, okay, so there's, there's another pathway in this vagus nerve that hadn't been named yet as part of the autonomic nervous system. And it runs below the diaphragm. And mm -hmm. he called this the dorsal vagus. And it just made so much sense to all of us that when people are traumatized, and terrified, and they can't get away, they just shut, they hibernate, they shut down. So that's really a very, um, the part of polyvagal theory, I mean, it's a complex theory, but the understanding of that dorsal branch of the vagus is what's really caught on with trauma therapists. And now it's, it's coming into so many different areas because now we understand that the basis really of everything, mm -hmm. how we understand ourselves as human beings and how we act, our behavior is really determined by how safe we feel. And I have to ask, when you talk about addiction, which seems contradictory, self-harming, in that model, that kind of makes sense. Can you explain why that makes sense? Why people would do things which on the surface seems to be harmful to them? Yeah, because, and this is where the paradigm shift is, right? Uh -huh. That when you begin to see addictions as these kind of, they function as what I call propellers that shift us mm -hmm. from sympathetic down into dorsal and back again. So the easiest way to explain that and to understand it, it would be like with drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. Where, say, you know, you have a really stressful day at work. You go home, you're in that sympathetic state of flight fight. You can't settle yourself. You can't calm yourself down. And you don't know how to do that in a way that activates the ventral branch of the vagus that calms us down. You don't know how to do that. Either you, you haven't, your body hasn't learned how to do that or to be in that safe state because you haven't been. Um, or maybe you were lucky enough that you were born into enough safety to live in the state of health and growth and restoration, we call it. But something has happened and shifted you into the sympathetic place and you can't, you just can't settle. And so you drink a bottle of wine 
Mm-hmm. Happens. Well, you don't settle into the ventral calm branch. You numb out in the dorsal branch of the vagus. So there's still some lack of balance then. Yeah. There's no, there's not. It's not a grounded place. Yeah. It's a hibernated place, right? And then what happens is it gets really interesting with things like, so that's kind of easy to get. We kind of know that drugs and alcohol numb you and whatever. Where it gets harder to understand, and I was really scratching my head to get this, was with things like cutting the body. Mm-hmm. But what happens there that I dug around to eventually find is that when we cut the body, these endogenous opioids are released and they numb you. So they shift you into this dorsal branch of the vagus and it brings relief. People then often get very sleepy and they they feel very numb and, and shut down. And that's the only way they get relief. Mm-hmm. And they don't know that consciously, but the body knows it. Right. The body shifts into. So what we say is that these self-harming behaviors are actually adaptive in maladaptive environments. It's mm-hmm. not that people are maladaptive but the environments are maladaptive and the body will shift into a behavior that while it harms you on some level, it helps you. Mm -hmm. It brings a relief and that help is adaptive when there isn't enough safety. Now building on that. Thank you. That was very clear. You mentioned that trauma impacts the prefrontal cortex. So since we're talking about Alzheimer's dementia too, like what effect, does this have on our memory and cognitive function possibly? So when we live in what we call this trauma feedback loop, mm-hmm. being sympathetic, rush, and shutting down hibernation and back and forth, when we live up there, the prefrontal cortex is really compromised. And we all know this. It's like when you're stressed out or you're shut down, you don't think clearly, right? This is why we have like food programs for kids in school, kids coming to school, living in high trauma environments. They can't learn properly Mm -hmm. because they're living in this stress response and the prefrontal cortex isn't functioning well and memory isn't functioning well. And so they're really intellectually there. They become compromised in terms of, of the, uh, of, of the learning style. So, um, very important then to, to remember that the more that we can move into states of safety, create states of safety, mm-hmm. the more we can do that and the more we can give off cues of safety. So when, when we first met Michael, you know, um, to remember like when we first see each other, for, to I always remind myself, you know, if, if I smile, mm-hmm giving you a cue of safety. I'm a warm person. You're safe with me. I'm not going to, you know, attack you or bite you or criticize you. Mm -hmm. And bodies look for that all the time. We are scanning to see, am I safe with this person in this environment or not? And so regardless of what environment we're in or who we're dealing with, if we all remember that we can create safety by giving cues of safety to each other, then it's a loop. It's a feedback loop that comes mm-hmm. in, right? 
and very challenging, of course, with dealing with chronic disease, with, with Alzheimer's. But it is, I think, a very important thing to remember that everybody's looking to feel safe. Absolutely. And that's the key thing when we talk about it, craniolite, you know, that somatic emotional part. Yeah. Now, you have a felt sense polyvagal model. Can you explain what that is? Yeah. So it comes, I, I created this model from my journey of these five different kind of theories that I um, incorporated as I went along. So the first one is working with the body through the felt sense. And the felt sense is like, a, it's an introceptive process. It's like connecting into noticing how you feel in your body. Mm-hmm. So we would start, it's like a practice. We would start by quieting things down and checking to see how am I inside. And then it's basically a process of noticing physically what's happening in the body and connecting that with how we're feeling and what we're thinking and also with whatever memories the body carries about an experience that we're having. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was where that that really is what helped me to start to move into change happens in the body. How do I help my clients get back into the body? Because in trauma, when we don't feel safe, we shift out of connecting with the body because it's not safe to live in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It hurts too much, right? It's too stressful. So, so that's a very important piece of the model. And that's how I work with people through the felt sense practice. And then also, of course, with polyvagal theory. So you bring these two basic processes, embodied processes together. And that's what I did. I crossed the process of interoception, this kind of intuitive, what's happening for me inside psychologically, what am I noticing and what am I noticing in my senses and how I'm feeling. And then the second piece is neuroception, what's happening in my nervous system. And they relate to each other, right? It's like, if I am feeling anxious and I check inside and I've got this kind of um, tightness in my stomach and I know I don't, I don't have the flu or anything, I'm not sick. I know that place. It's like, oh God, yeah, I'm really scared about such and such that's coming up, right? And then I can also find, well, what's happening in my nervous system? What state is my body in? And sure enough, you know, I can tap into that by noticing, say, how I'm, how my muscles are carrying energy in my body. If they're tight and constricted, I'm in that fight flight place, which makes sense because I'm also scared about this thing that's coming up. Right. 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 So it's the crossing of these two natural processes in the body, noticing where we are, what they're about, and then teaching people what um, Steve calls neural exercises. Focusing is one of them. Meditation is another one. Many things are neural exercises, contemplative walking, uh, drumming, all kinds of things that we do that can activate this ventral branch of the vagus, 
the place of calm and safety. We had talked a little before about, could you lead us through a quick little ventral vagal exercise so people get a flavor of that? That would be wonderful if you could. Yeah, absolutely. But we're going to take, we're not going to rush. All right. Several minutes because it's really important, right? That we, when we have a sense of going inside and for some people, you know, Michael, this is way too scary. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. Just don't do it. Right. And for some people, what does feel okay is to notice something around you in the room. Something that kind of grabs your attention. And then just being able to stay there with that. And if it feels okay, you can then close your eyes. So if not, just stay with what's there in the room. I'm speaking to our audience now. And you can still hear my instructions. And if it feels okay, you can follow them. And if it doesn't, you just ignore them and do whatever feels right for you. So softening your gaze and slowly and gently bringing your attention somewhere down into the center of your body. Just notice where your attention falls. And you might even want to put your hand where that is, somewhere in the center of your body. And then we gently check in. Say, how am I in here today? What's happening for me in my life right now? And with finding the felt sense, we go kind of around and ask, what am I feeling? And what am I thinking? And then just noticing where thinking or feeling is living now in your body. What are the physical sensations? Maybe it's moved around a little bit. Just notice where in your body you're drawn to. And noticing this felt sense just beginning to form about you and your life right in this moment. You might notice a tightening in your jaw or some tingling in your limbs. And then just getting a sense of if there's any kind of memory associated with this particular felt sense where you are right now. Maybe it reminds you of another experience in time. 
Just gently being really curious about what's inside. You. And sometimes what forms there is what we call step four in focusing a handle that comes. Step three. <laughs> and what's the handle for this felt sense? And that might be a word. It might be an image. might be a gesture in your body, something that really captures the essence of this felt experience right here and now. And then as you're with that, we're just going to tap, tap into Steve Porges' word, neuroception. So what's happening in my nervous system? Do I feel kind of relaxed in the ventral state? Your muscles are just subtle. It feels calm inside. As we stay with these practices, we can move more and more into this ventral state. And sometimes we can also feel into the flavor of a kind of flight fight place in the body as well. We're just noticing. Sometimes our limbs still feel kind of mobilized. Just checking to see there's a tightening somewhere that would be the sympathetic branch of the nervous system. And sometimes there's also a flavor of kind of heaviness, limp kind of quality, the sadness, which is the dorsal branch of the vagus when we're struggling. And sometimes people are feeling pretty numb inside too. And that is all part of how bodies work. So we're just checking to see. And then as we do that, we just touch there and come back because that's a very fragile, often vulnerable place. So just coming back then into feet on the floor. And finding a place that feels okay in you. Doesn't have to be perfect, just okay in the moment. Right here and right now. I'm okay.
And then very slowly and gently, beginning to open your eyes. And coming back to being with us in the community. The journey. Well, thank you, Jan. I could feel you really allowed yourself to go in there, Michael. Well, it's like doing a meditation. It's very subtle and it's a very safe. It's so much like our cranial community creating a container for safety. You know, that's where the transformation can occur. Yeah, yeah. So you see how we weave together in the felt sense polyvagal model. The felt sense of of introception. What's happening for me? Yeah, yeah. How's my body responding? How safe do I feel in my body? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how we can then work with that to really teach our clients how to, to be more empowered with how right. they're living their lives, right? Right. Yeah. Um, Jan, thank you so much for sharing that with our summit. Uh, people will can look on our website to find more about what you're doing mm-hmm. and look into your work, which I think is very interesting. Trauma memory how we can clear the body change those feedback loops so jan again thank you so much for joining us today you're very welcome michael it's my pleasure